Well, grace and peace, everybody. Thank you once again for joining us on Bridging the Gap podcast. Uh, you know, there's a couple things you can do. My name is Pastor Nathan, by the way. If this is the first time you've watched this. All I want you to do is please share this broadcast to your social media or platform or hit the subscribe button right below to this broadcast to get weekly updates if you will do that. Today, I want to thank my uh, my partner, my friend, uh, Pastor Andre Mitchell, for joining us once again. Uh, thank you for joining us, Pastor Mitchell. You joined us last week. Now, here we got you again. Good to be here again. Well, today we're going to talk a little different on some stuff. Uh, we talked some last week about your journey through ministry. I know right now you are a senior pastor of Deliverance Temple. Now, how long did you say you had been pastoring Deliverance Temple as a senior pastor? Just hit a decade last month. And wow. so I took over in 2011, July 2011. Actually, that Sunday fell on my birthday. Okay. So I took over on my 35th birthday. And so I turned 45 last month, July 10th. Wow. And so... 10 years as a senior pastor. 10 years as a senior pastor. And I think we talked last week, you took over your father's church. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, my father had it. My father's cousin founded the church. Okay. My dad took it and then it was handed to me. Wow. And your father, you said you, he started pastoring in 84. Is that correct? Yeah. 84, 85. So he passed there. the mantle on to you. Yeah. So by the way, what is your father doing right now? He is our uh, apostle and overseer. Okay. So every first Sunday of the month is apostle Sunday. Okay. So we keep his voice still in the there house and he gotcha. still does ministry in the jails and prisons and wow. he doesn't stop. I'm just doing more of the pastoral day to day. Gotcha. I always love to listen to Pastor Mitchell uh, or Bishop Royce Mitchell. And so, yeah, but anyway, let's go forward. Today, we're going to talk about overcoming pressure. I like to hit some hot topics on some things because, man, there's so many things that our people are dealing with, not just church folk, but people outside the world of church. We all deal with pressures and how we handle pressures is everybody handles them different. Some go with medication, some go with therapy, some people go to prayer and that's it, and or go to church to get their therapy to, to, to deal with the pressure. And so what kind of pressure did you deal with when you were presented the opportunity to take over your father's church as a lead pastor? Well, my, my father went to Africa in uh, March, into Kenya, Africa. Okay. He comes back there and we're having conversation. He said, I'm thinking about turning the church over to you. He hadn't brought that up before. Oh, wow. So that brought a lot of pressure real quick. But the crazy thing is I hadn't talked to him, but I felt like I had outgrown the position I was in. Mm -hmm. So I was I was kind of wondering what was my next steps. Okay. And so I was thinking about that in January. By March, I'm presented with an opportunity. Wow. In July, I was going to be taken over. So I didn't have a lot of time to oh, wow. think it through. It wasn't, I would recommend it as the best way to hand over a church. Right, right. But so there was a lot of pressure and we had just got in a new building. We've been in a new building about a year. Right. So we had a lot of new money that's going to need to be coming in. And yeah. so there was just a lot of pressures coming at me really fast, really quick. And I'm dealing with a legacy of two great men. Yeah. And if it falls on my watch, everybody would know it. So mm. that's the pressure. You know, like when the kids get the restaurant and the restaurant goes downhill, I was I like, don't let me be that don't guy. Don't let me be the person, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's interesting. I know just the pressures, number one, you know, you mentioned last week that you were a pastor's kid and now we're talking about your your father. Just number one with the pressures of of living up to that, expectations or what we think we should be like or yeah. how we should think we should lead a church. That That in itself can be challenging and because you know your pastor, your father, Pastor Mitchell, is such a big influence in this community. Through not like you mentioned the the jails. I mean, there, I've heard testimonies 
uh, from people that just that were in the streets that your father just impacted in a mighty way. He 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 brought Jesus to them in their lowest of lows. Yeah, definitely. So just being hearing stories, probably, and I know you've probably heard stories upon stories about your father. I understand just the thought of man, Lord, am I ever going to live up to Him? Is is a challenging pressure that we naturally put on ourselves. Mm-hmm. My father, in my in my opinion. Was the closest things to Jesus Christ, and because he was devoted in his prayer time, he was devoted in his study time, and I always thought to myself, "Man, I'm never going to live up to this guy." Yeah, yeah. And so, do you have? Did you ever have that kind of Simpson? Those feelings come to you as well when you saw your father? Yeah, uh, definitely. Big, big shoes to fill, and also we were we were trying to restructure a lot of things, and so mm-hmm. my father dealt with a lot of crack addicts and. Mm-hmm people coming in off the street uh, to the church and we're trying to minister to them. But I also knew there's certain things like we had some people steal stuff from us. And Mm. so we wanted to be loving, but I was going to have to be a little bit more disciplinarian than my dad was on certain people and certain things. So I was like, I was going to have to be the bad guy all of a sudden. So I'm taking (laughs) over. He's the good cop. I got to be the bad cop. And it's like, you know, I was going to rub people the wrong way. It was just a whole lot that I was thinking, overthinking. But at the end of the day, when you're called, you're, you're built for the pressure that's it, that's that God it. calls you for. And so yeah. that's what I learned. But I just I had to step out in faith and step into it first. That's awesome. Yeah. Even I, I had to go meet with the banker and tell them they were we were up for we just uh, signed that first year. And after that first year, they were like this. We're going to sign it for real to see what you're able able to do. And I had to tell the banker, hey, we're going to pay every month. It's going to be right on time. You can believe in me. But I didn't even believe it myself. I'm just oh, going wow. by saying it by faith. And now me and that banker are cool and tight because every month we've, we've done. He's a man of your word. Yeah. But I was, I was scared. I was scared, shaking in the seat, trying to be tough and trying to step into faith. And God, sometimes God feels, feels it. He, he, he wants you a little, little nervous sometimes yeah. so you can step up to it. Well, that kind of goes with the second question here is what has been some of the hardest obstacles you have faced during your tenure at uh, Deliverance Temple or even in ministry in general? Yeah, so I, I would I'd definitely say that that was a, a hard thing. And this is something that blindsided me. So I, I did have a lot of people there who had changed my diaper. Yeah. And stuff, and I'm thinking now I'm going to have to preach to them, and they're they're you know they're not going to want to be hearing me, but they loved me right off the bat. Wow. I was like their son too. So what happened was my peers, people that I grew up with, that I thought for sure they're going to roll with every decision I want to make. I want to update and upgrade the church. Like my my God told me, He said your, your church is the bomb for 1987. Oh wow! <laughs> but. <laughs> We were several, several years from that. So but he was basically saying, there's a lot of things you don't have. You don't have a website. You don't have a logo. We It was just a community church, but I was trying to take mm. it to that next level. So all the younger people I was, who are on the internet, I'm like, I know they're going to flow with me. Like, we're going to put the church on Facebook. And they started giving me all the pressure. Like, the, oh, wow. the people that I thought they would understand, they were like, I don't like this decision. But they wow. wouldn't come and tell me they would, it'd be rumblings and I was like I start losing friends and it was just it was tougher than what I what I, what wow. I expected not wonder because of the older folk as we would call them uh, that, that they were there they were seeing you they wanted to see you achieve yeah like, succeed in this area I mean again like you mentioned they changed your diaper so that's like watching their own son or their own child succeed so you were telling me this story before we started this this uh, podcast but I started thinking man why would his younger folk why would the ones his peers be against him? Like maybe their expectations were higher. 
And and that's not fair. That is added pressure. Like, man, what are y'all expecting out of me to do? Yeah, I can only imagine, man. This is Yeah. And and for them, I I was Dre. Oh, okay. So but now I'm Pastor Andre. Pastor. I'm, now I'm making decisions about some of their choices. Oh wow. And it yeah. it, it, it got it got murky. It got got messy and like we wanted to bring the lights into the church the flashing lights yeah. and i'm like oh man the old people are gonna go crazy and they're like well we love the lights <laughs> ain't that something yeah we like we like the scriptures on on the wall we okay. like that stuff so i, I was like the I, I was the people i thought were going to bring me the pressure was not the people and that's that's just how things work sometimes you, you know it's this is just this is so encouraging to hear i mean because sometimes we think uh, we we can figure things out, and then God just shows us. He uses the ignorance to confound the wise, and and the people you think that were going to be for you were really not there for you. Yeah. And the people you thought were going to be against you were truly behind you, supporting everything we do. And, yeah. and that's just how the Lord uses works, and just kind of confuses us even. And yeah. like, okay, Lord, I'll just trust you, <laughs> yeah. nonetheless. So you know, I know as pastors and preachers, we are always compared to another one or what another ministry is doing down the road that we aren't doing. Oftentimes, these are self-inflicted evaluations of ourselves. Now, how do you deal with the pressure to perform, and how do you overcome it, or how did you overcome it? I would say I, I overcame it with the challenge that I talked about last week about growing up and being unique and being different. I was always so odd to me. I was the odd person out, and that worked in my favor later when I stepped into my call because I was used to being different. Yeah. And so I preached different than my dad. I preached different than a lot of people. My my thinking, thought patterns were different. But, you know, there's no two snowflakes that are alike. Right. Fingerprints are alike. And so I was just like, I'm a better original than I'm anybody's copy. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of put my head down and decided I'm going to do it my way. Not by out of rebellion. It's yeah. just like, I don't know any other way. I've just, I've never fit in. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, people are like, oh, man, that's awesome. Man, you got swag. You get, And I'm like, oh, really? They're like, oh, man, we love the way you dress. I'm like, oh, oh you do? Because <laughs> I, did, I didn't grow up that where people liked the way I dress. I, mm-hmm. I dressed nerdy when other people were dressing. Uh, so, <laughs> But it's like it all caught up to me in, me in my calling, and I became branded as he's the unique pastor. Mm-hmm. So what I always thought was odd and was working against me was working for me. All things work together right, for right. our good. And so now I just roll with it. If, if, if I'm different, I'm different, but it, right. it works. That's right. Now, you know, we, we talked about a little bit of this last week, and, and, and I know your father having a big voice in this community. Um, did you ever feel that pressure? Like, am I supposed to, am I supposed to sound like my father? Am I supposed to, um, you know, you mentioned you're unique, but how did that, that pressure, I, I'm speaking as a pastor's kid as well. And that's why I'm asking these yeah. questions. And I know there's people watching uh, that are listening even right now that, that they just don't feel like maybe I, I can't do this because I'm never going to fill the shoes of so-and-so. And we talked about the pressures there, but I know that pressure of, I grew up in a, I think me and you had similar upbringings here. We grew up in a holiness Pentecostal church. I did. Mm-hmm. And so everybody had to preach a specific style. You had to have a hack to your voice. You had to have a, you know, I may be raspy, but I, you know, I never had that <laughs> glory. Yeah. I, never was, I, I never felt comfortable yeah. preaching like that, but that was the, 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 what the standard would be. Now that was pressure. That was hard enough for me. And I just felt like maybe I'm never going to be called to be pre- preacher. Maybe there's somebody watching right now that feels that same pressure. So when you first started, you mentioned that um, your father, you was on the, on the, on the altar area and he hands you the mic. Yeah. 
So did a thought go through your mind, a pressure, like, man, I got to have to sound like my dad right now. How, how did you overcome that part immediately? Or did you did you come over it immediately? I, I did, and it, it was kind of unique in the way it happens. So uh, I've only had two pastors in my life, yeah. my my cousin who founded the ministry, and then my father. But my, my cousin was a preacher, a hooper, okay. hooper. My dad was a teacher. He was actually a teacher by trade. He actually has a degree in teaching. And so he okay. taught in Muncie Central High School for some years. So he had the bigger burden because he could not hoop at all. Okay. He could only teach. And so when I uh, took over, I realized I was an amalgamation of both of them. I was the preacher teacher. Okay. And so I was different from the cousin and different from my father. Gotcha. But then I realized, oh, I'm a mixture of both. Mix, yeah. And once I realized that, that, that gave me confidence. Yeah. So I wasn't like my dad, but I or wasn't like my cousin, but I was like, oh, I'm the best of both worlds. Mm. And then, then someone else told me my grandfather, he, he's another whole another lane. He's like a prophet. My grandfather's a oh, prophet. Wow. Okay. And I realized that I had a mixture of all that in me. And, wow. uh, that, that gave me some, uh, courage to come like, Oh God, you know what you were doing. You, you hooked me up. Mm. So, wow. He put, he put some good pieces to yeah, put some, Yeah. I, I definitely can understand that. I remember growing up that way and we had to preach a certain style, which I thought, and, and I remember sitting down with one of my pastors back in the day and I said, hey, um, this is how I preach. You know, I, I, I'm a visual. I like to do uh, uh, skits or little dramas in the middle of my message when nobody knows it's going to happen. Yeah. And, and I remember a pastor telling me one day, uh, he goes, I really enjoy the way you preach. I, I really like it. But uh, the question is, are you able to really preach? I mean, that was his flat words wow. he said. He goes, I just don't know if you're capable of preaching a real message. And, 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 it, and it could have caused me to walk away completely, but what it caused me to do is made me understand that I'm not called who you call me to be. I'm called who God called me to be, and I have to be obedient to that world. And, and But I did go through this almost a depression mode yeah. for a while because I was thinking, man, okay, for a year, I went and I went back to the hooping. We called it hacking in our church. <laughs> yeah. We went back to the hooping and hacking and, and because I thought that's, that was what preaching was supposed to sound like. And then, and I wasn't confident. I wasn't comfortable. Uh, and so I, I did not deal with that pressure very well until I realized that this is not who God called me to be. And, and, and if I'm supposed to be successful in this arena, then I'm going to do what God called me to be. And that's how I overcame some of my pressure. So I, I do want to ask you this question about marriages. I know we see marriages and parents in, in the church and the world struggling to measure up to the pressures of being that, what we call perfect marriage, which there's no such thing, or perfect parent, which there's no such thing often. Yeah. But you are a man who is married with children. You have three children, and so am I with two children. What would you suggest to our viewers viewers who may be feeling like they are coming up short in being a great spouse or parent? Yeah, that's just that's just a normal, normal pressure. That's just human life. And like, even though we have the Bible and some people say it's basic instructions before leaving earth, there is no manual for parenting, right. no manual for being a spouse for every situation. So you have to lean into the Holy Spirit and you're going to you're going to fall short. You're going to you're going to miss it sometimes. And you got to give yourself grace. Amen. One thing I, I've preached grace and I give other people grace, but sometimes the person I forget to give grace to is myself. So, right. so learning to give yourself grace, and this is uh, something that God has taught me that I think that'll, that'll help, help your listeners. I was, uh, trying to learn how to swim one time and didn't, I still can't swim that well, okay. but I was watching these kids push a beach ball down in the water 
and they would let the beach ball go. And of course it would pop up all the way to the top. Mm-hmm. And the Lord just asked me a simple question. He's like, what causes that to happen? And I didn't really know. And he's like, there is air on the inside of the beach ball and air always transcends water. So based on what you have on the inside, that's what's going to counteract the pressure. Mm. They were pressing the ball down, but at some point the pressure has to let up yeah. and they sh- the ball shoots to the top. So pressure is going to come on you. It's going to press you down. But if you keep putting the right stuff in That's you, good. the right stuff in your marriage, the right stuff in your children, once the pressure lifts, That's right. you're just going gonna to just rise back to yeah. the top. And the more the pressure pushes you down, the more you're going to rise to the top. Right. So I would just say keep putting the right stuff in, even if it seems mundane and just uh, just keep being faithful and putting the right stuff yeah. in your marriage, in your life, in your mind. And then you'll find out and, you know, weeping may endure for a night, but joy is going to come in the morning. And when it comes in the morning, then you'll find out you're risen higher than you were being pressed down. That's good. You know, we talked about this right before the session and we talked about as, as a pastor, uh, that we put more pressure on ourselves. It's that self-inflicted pressure that our children are underperforming in the world of let's just say it this way, in the world of Christianity, (laughs) that where we were pressured so much that we had to know all the books of the Bible, we had to know the major and the minor prophets, we needed to know who the the disciples were, Uh, we had to know it all. And and that's how the pressure was always put on us back in the, now we're in a new time frame. We get get stuck and we we try to deal with, okay, and my daughter or my son or my child, whichever, is just not educated. Is that my fault? Am I not doing enough? And, uh, and I, and I feel like we put more pressure on ourselves and in that area. So what would be your suggestion to a viewer that's, that's watching or listening right now that, that what they decide when just what they decide to do doesn't necessarily always fall on us. I mean, I know we can always do more, but could you talk to somebody about that? Yeah. You know, something that that I, I was thinking when I was a youth pastor, one thing I learned is that you could never more spiritualized, more the life that people see you live. Mm. So they were Christians that I thought were great, great Christians, and they always had trouble with their children. Mm -hmm. And then I start realizing they were living a life in front of them that was different Mm. from what they were doing in church. Wow. So what I've learned over time, some people will have trouble with their kids, but if you live a consistent life, that's good. Yeah. Those kids, they will have to, even if they choose to go the wrong way, they will have to say, no, man, my dad lived it in front of me. Right. My mom lived in front of me. And that means that when you get it wrong, you tell them, hey, I got it wrong mm. there. I was wrong. You you don't over-spiritualize everything. Well, I was in faith. No, you just made a mistake. Come on, I'm good. sorry. Sorry, son. I, I, I raised my voice when I shouldn't have. I said something I shouldn't have. And if, if we're real with people, mm. then then they're going to they're gonna get it. You know, that's the key to success right there. Uh, we have so many pastors growing up. Me personally, I can speak for myself. I had so many pastors growing up that were not transparent. I had so many leaders around me that were not transparent. And it was almost like, you know, it was, you know, the enemy came against me. And, uh, you know, and instead of saying, man, I, you know, I slipped. I, I, I shouldn't have made that decision. Yeah. I, I, that, that's, that's money right there. Yeah. And if is. we can, we as parents or husbands, spouses, if we can admit when we're wrong, like I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have popped off to you like that. Uh, I may have reacted in a manner that is not pleasing to God. And, and, I, and I'm sorry. Most of us just can't do that. And, yeah. And so well, yeah. Th- think about the, the, the old Testament. It's, it's not 
you know, we're under the New Testament, we're under the New Covenant. So it's not there for our salvation. So why are all these stories left for us? So we can see all the failures. That's right. We can see all the, the mistakes. Look at the greatest people that we love, the Davids and yes. the Moses. They all blundered. Flawed they all <laughs> were flawed. And Abraham, they, they talk about in Galatians, I believe, or over in the New Testament, it says he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. But when you look in the story, he totally right. got all the way in his flesh. Sure he did. But God doesn't look at all that. He takes all that and works it all for our glory. And so be okay with your failures and your flaws because God is using something. You know, like like when, when you, you put flour in your mouth on your tongue, it, it doesn't taste that great. Not at all. But when you mix it with the butter Come and on. the sugar and all that <laughs> and the fire to, yes. to heat it up, it comes out like a cake. So it takes all of that working together to make you who you are, and so embrace it. Of course, you're not. We're not saying live in a backslidden condition, sure. but embrace who you are. Uh, repent when you can. Amen. You know, apologize when you should, and just keep moving forward and watch God make a difference. That's good. You know, I, I tell my son this all the time because he, he, you know, unfortunately, I see a lot of him, me and him, yeah. and his attitude. I was a hot-headed kid, a man, young man at that, and I watch him and. and 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 so I, I make comments to him that man, you know, it, there's no there's no problem with what you're doing, you know. You just got to kind of control yourself, use discipline to self control yourself because we all slip up. Yeah. All, to let your kids know, listen, parents, I'm talking to you. Uh, to let your kids know that you are human too. Yeah, definitely. We all fall short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, not one. We have to let our kids see that side of us. Not that we're all, like you said, all buttoned up and tied up and looking good, smelling good. We got to let them know that, hey, man, we have down times too and be transparent with them. Yeah. He made, he did something the other day. It's, I'm not trying to blow, uh, blow him up on this, but he did something the other day. I had to take him to the side and said, hey, man, you know, um, what you said, I get why you said it. I get why you reacted that way. But is that going to lift that person up because of the way you acted? I yeah. said, that's, that's the things we got to watch. I said, that was the things that I had to check myself. Yeah. And he was like, right, right. But, it, you know, and at first he was trying to defend why he did what he yeah, did. Yeah, of course. But I was like, listen, we've got to be careful because at the end of the day, people are looking at our life. You know, we can sit here and say, thank you, Jesus, on Sunday morning. And then dogging them on Monday, that, that's not the greatest testimony to give. And so we've got to constantly buffet our, our flesh on a daily basis. We so. do. You know, like being around my grandparent, my, my, my cousin who was the founder of the church, and my dad, I've never, ever heard them cuss. Okay. Ever. But my children have heard me cuss. And I was just like, oh, God, I've I failed. I failed. But God was like, well, just just tell them why, why you did it, how it happened. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you— you chose the wrong words, but why did you choose the wrong words? Well, I was listening. I was watching my Netflix shows that I like, that I enjoy. And it's <laughs> right. or you, you hear that stuff all the time. Sure. It gets in your spirit. And sometimes Come stuff on, comes out and you just have to own it. Yeah. And my dad told me this a long time ago. One time I had done something that, that wasn't right. And I was talking to him for counseling. And he starts talking to me about toothpaste. He said, Andre, when you squeeze toothpaste, what comes out? I'm like, what does this have to do you know, with <laughs> right. anything? But I said, yeah, toothpaste comes comes out. And he says, when the squeeze of life is on you, whatever's in you mm, comes out. That's good. When pressure comes on you, if you have things that are in you that's wrong, sometimes pressure brings those that's things good. out. It exposes what's in you, and you just deal with it. That's good. And so, you know, I had some stuff in me that wasn't good, but I was able to 
to just be honest with my my kids and I've never heard my children cuss not to say that they don't but right, right. but but trying to just be honest and live a life and allow the pressures to perfect me yeah. instead of the pressures to pull me down yeah that's good man that's that's powerful you know with Pastor Andre I know someone may be watching right now that may be feeling like they're about to cave into the pressures of life uh, if they don't see a breakthrough very soon I want you to do something right now. Can you pray for them right now that God will begin to set them free from that spirit or whatever's on your spirit or whatever's on your heart that is trying to cause them to abort their very purpose that God has given them? So if you will, just take time and pray. If you got something specific you want to say to them, feel free, man. He got the liberty right here. I would just love to just look look and, and pray and uh, let's just bow our heads. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, yes. God. I thank you for being the God of forgiveness, God. I thank you for being the God of love. I thank you for being the God that can lift every burden. One scripture says that you are our glory and the lifter of our head. So that person who's just bowed down under the weight and the pressure of life and coming through a pandemic and all the things we've been through, there's just so much stress and pressure. But you are the one who can lift us all. You can, with one finger and with one word, you can totally change our situation and turn it around. And so, devil, I serve you notice I cancel every plan over these people's lives. The pressure that you have put in their way will only cause them to get stronger and better. And I say the same thing Jesus said to Peter, not if you are converted, but when you are converted, strengthen your brother, strengthen your sister. Use this pressure to strengthen someone else in the future. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Pastor Andre, for joining us on this episode of Bridging the Gap. And I thank you for watching and those that are listening. We'll see you next week on Bridging the Gap.